Hi everyone, welcome back to another episode on Untold Stories from Below the Line. My name is Nathan. And my name is Maggie. And today we have Kat Garosby with us. She is an amazing, scripty, overall badass woman. Based in Chicago, she graduated in 2019. And um, she's been working as a professional scripty ever since. She is a bright light on set and the best and most passionate scripty I know. So we are lucky to have her on today. Hello, Kat. How are Hi, you guys. I miss right. you. <laughs> oh, I miss you too. That was probably the best intro I've ever gotten. I don't know if I've ever gotten an intro for Aww. anything, but that was that was a lot. <laughs> Um, so Thank we'll you. start off with uh, who you are. So you grew up in Chicago uh, or in Illinois. Suburbs, right? <laughs> yes. So I grew up in Lake in the Hills, which is a northwest suburb about an hour and a half out of Chicago. Um, and then I came to Chicago for school at Columbia, where I met you lovely people. Um, I started off thinking that I would do something in journalism. Um, I've always been a writer, always will be. And throughout my four years in high school, I wrote for my school's newspaper. And like, I just loved telling other people's stories. Um, mm-hmm. And I, it's funny because usually I do like this sort of like interview. So it's funny being on the other end of that. Um, <laughs> I've never been interviewed before. So this is, this is exciting. Oh. Well, you're doing great. Um, <laughs> thanks. I try, I'm trying. Um, <laughs> but then I kind of wanted something more creative. And Mm. Something on my gut said, you know, try something with movies, try something with TV, you know, maybe that'll work out, which was a really risky thing to do. You know, Columbia wasn't cheap. So, um, (laughs) pretty pricey. Yes. Yes. Very pricey. Um, and I thought, you know, let's just, you know, I can write articles, I can write fiction, um, I could do marketing. So, like, I, I can write scripts. So, I went in wanting to get my uh, bachelor's with a concentration in screenwriting. And I learned that I was very bad at it. Mm. <laughs> I, I could not write scripts for the life of me. I could write everything else, but script writing, you know, props to the people who could do it because yeah. that is hard. Um, yeah, it started off with journalism, um, but I knew I wanted to do something in the field of media, I guess. Quick side note. I mean, I, I also wanted to go to school for journalism as well. Ooh, a lot so, like Nathan's story. <laughs> yeah, because I, wow. yeah, I went to a community college uh, for two uh-huh. years because I wanted to do mass communications and then eventually do journalism. And then uh-huh. last minute when I went to Columbia, I switched my, my major and I went in for directing. I was like, just screw it. Like, why not just tell a story like through yeah. like, the screen it was like very interesting yeah, yeah. that's really yeah. cool so with that how did school shape your career oh gosh that's a funny story because um you know I kind of just wanted to fill my credits and everyone was like oh you know you should take script supervision you should take the class for it um and there were a couple people who were like oh you're a screenwriter like you could be my script supervisor and I was like I'm pretty sure that's not the same thing <laughs> but yeah. you know I'll go into it you know um could always learn something new so I went into the class. Um, Maggie, you were in that class with me. <laughs> um, and I didn't do well. I really did not do well in the whole like class aspect of it. Um, it was a really weird time in my life. Um, the year before that, I was kind of just getting over a lot of mental health stuff, a really bad breakup. Mm. And, you know, coming out of that, I was kind of like starting over. Mm. So mm. really bad timing. And I was not showing up to class, hardly doing the homework. I was a hot mess. I thought you did pretty great, Kat. All things considering, you were great. I saw you on set. <laughs> you pulled it. Oh, it was great. You. See, the set part I was good at. But like yeah. the in-class, like the quizzes part, I was, that, that was out the window. No, no, no. Yeah. So in order to like finish the class, you had to like do work on practicum and mm-hmm. I was so nervous that's when I started smoking I was like I'm not gonna be able to do this like this is gonna be a hot mess the editor's gonna hate me the crew's gonna hate me um but actually it ended up working out pretty well from there I thought you know I'm just gonna pass the class it's gonna be done that's it and after that a friend hit me up and he was like hey can you be my script supervisor for like my directing two project and I was like yeah sure why not I'll help you out and then after that, it just kept being like project after project after project. Mm-hmm. And then Kara, our professor, was like, hey, so I'm getting these commercial gigs, but they're too low of a rate for me. Would you like them? Right. And I was like, at that point, I was like, yeah, of course. You know, mm-hmm. I'm already doing school. Like, I get to pay, get paid to do it. Like, yeah, I'll do it. And then, yeah, so she handed off her gigs to me and it kind of just blew up from there. So it was very, very unexpected. 
I was not preparing for this at all when I was going to Columbia. <laughs> yeah, that's like a lot. And it's great yeah. when your professors like trust you like that. Yeah, because yeah, opportunities I, are hard to find. <laughs> yeah, and I feel like passing through practicum, you could probably do work outside of it. I feel like if you can do practicum, you can definitely get a job <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> afterwards for sure. I look back um, and that was harder than real life. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, we made yeah. it all hard on ourselves. So practicum. It was, it was a lot. Yeah, yeah, I remember the first day of that, Maggie, you were with me. And I was like, Maggie, I'm going to need you the whole day. Like, I need you to be here to make sure I'm doing everything right. I'm not going to be able to do it. And once we hit lunch, I was like, I'm good. I got this. Yeah, bye. you're like, okay, bye. And I was like, I told you, you're good. Oh, you thank were so you. good. Thank you for believing in me. Yeah, every time me and Maggie talk about scripts, being, I always hear your name brought up. And I'm like, wow, she must be like killing really? it. Really? <laughs> Fire. Yeah. Fire. I love Stop. it. Thanks, um, guys. Yeah. So our next question is, what is a yeah. script supervisor? So tell us, I'm sure that there's, everybody has their way of script souping, but what way mm -hmm. works for you? And, you know, also what is a, a generic question? Like what is a script? Yeah. Cause it's many jobs. It is. Yeah. It's a lot of jobs. Um, so basically a script supervisor is the person who takes care of the continuity on set. Um, and that's kind of like an umbrella term, I feel like. When it comes to continuity, there's making sure the actors get their lines correct. And then um, hair, makeup, wardrobe, props, you know, what hand was his water bottle in? Was their hair up or down at this point? You know, because we shoot, we shoot scenes out of order. So it's like all the little details that like, if you catch like in a TV show, like, oh, like his watch was on his left hand before, but now it's on his right. You know, how did that happen? So it's my job to make sure those slip ups don't happen. And no script supervisor is perfect, but we, we, we try to be. Right. You're there to yeah. pick up what like everyone else can't. And so you being there. Yeah. Yeah. You're also a doing good... a lot of uh, picture taking too with your own phone, right? Is that like what they still do? Because I know mm -hmm. at Columbia, we were doing that. <laughs> Sometimes I do with, now that I'm digital, I, my uh, scripty, like when I'm hooked up with my laptop, it'll like, it's connected to monitor so I can just like manually take pictures through there. But oh, wow. um, if it's kind of like run and gun stuff, like um, shooting B-roll or whatever, I'll pull out my phone and just do it, um, you know, for safety. It's kind of whatever works, you know, every mm -hmm. show is different. Every gig is different. I feel like I'm learning something new on every, every time. I have yeah. a new gig. Um, yeah. It's crazy. So yeah, phone. And then if you have the digital abilities to do it, then I use right. it. Because yeah. phone, you, you want to defer usually away from because you don't want to be on your phone on set a lot of the time, especially yeah. if they have like certain things they want to keep private. So you have to have yeah. a program to have that all in, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And you know, speaking of that now, like since that's the system you use, can you describe mm -hmm. like paper versus digital and what does that like transition look like? Yeah. So paper versus digital, honestly, there's no like right or wrong. There's no, um, you know, digital isn't better. Um, mm -hmm. It's pretty much like whatever works for you. Mm -hmm. um, you know, some of like the best like script supervisors, um, like here in Chicago, Sarah Schooley, I know she's paper last time I checked, but the transition from that, it's basically, you want to know pen and paper. Those are your basics. And, you know, if you're, something happens to your laptop or something happens to your phone, what, app, iPad, whatever you're working on, you want to be able to pick up your pen and paper, have it ready to go. Mm -hmm. um, and it's, you're essentially doing the same thing on both. And you still have your facing pages. You still have your line script, um, all the things that the editor needs. It's just digital. It's just, it's more fancy. It looks, mm -hmm. it looks really pretty. So usually a lot of productions will request someone who's digital and that's, that's been the case for the gigs that I've worked on. Um, mm -hmm. Usually if I have to turn it down, I ask them, you know, do you have a preference, um, digital or pen and paper? And, you know, most of the times they'll be like, we'd really like digital because of how like neat it is. Um, yeah. But sometimes if they really need someone last minute, they're like pen and paper is fine. Right. So, and then if, I'm sure yeah. if you have connections and you're already in with pen and paper, you can get those things. But um, yeah. it's just interesting because <laughs> it is such yeah. a preference nowadays to be digital. It is. Yeah. yeah. But I feel like, you know, um, like I said, one is not better than the other. At the end of the day, you're doing the same job with the same information. Um, but I feel like you need to know that foundation of yeah. pen and paper because that's, that's how they did it way back when and they should know how to do it now because you can't always rely on technology because right. it messes up sometimes yeah yeah and you have to be able to be organized in any kind of form that's very true um yeah. so what was your first scripty job in the industry cat like what was your first like paid job oh my <laughs> first paid job 
Oh, man. I mean, it doesn't have to be paid. Anything you considered okay. your first professional, like, experience. Okay. So I did a lot of commercials. But my first one where I was actually, I was definitely nervous. But, like, the first, like, the biggest one, I feel like, was when I called in to do the Chicago PD, Chicago Med, Chicago Fire crossover. I did one day on that. It was very last minute. They called me the night before. They were like, we need you to cover for Chicago PD scripty. And this Can is you do it? first Are you unit? Like, is this main unit? It was first unit. It was main oh, unit, wow. yeah. Cat. And I, yeah, I was like, and automatically, you know, you just say yes. Like, yeah. you don't, like, you don't have to say, you're like, yeah, I can do it. And I hung up and I was like, oh my God, can I do this? <laughs> <laughs> um, oh my goodness. Got a little bit of backstory to that. Um, before that happened, um, the stripties on med and pd um i call them like my stripty moms they're amazing mm-hmm. um they actually let me um kind of shadow them for a couple mm-hmm. days beforehand um so i had some sense of comfort in that so like you know That's they nice. know my work you know they trust me but yeah once i got the call i forgot who i was talking to but they said basically they were like do not mess up this director is very intense the first time mm-hmm. i worked with him he made me cry and I was like, oh, no. Oh, goodness. Yeah, that made me a little nervous. So I was like, you know what, I'm just, I've done this before. I'm there to do my job. You know, we're going to do it. And it's going to be good. So got there early, set up. The director rem- remembered me, which was great, um, mm. from when I shadowed the original script before. And it went a lot smoother than I thought it would. Um, it was a lot of moving around between sets because we started off in – um, Chicago med set and then jumped to PD stuff um, so it was a lot of jumping around it's funny because I remember when I was shadowing them they were like oh yeah the hardest one is probably the crossover like that's the one that's like shit hits yeah. the fan it's just it's crazy and then I was like cool so I got to I got to work on it for the first time <laughs> fine <laughs> yeah um but you know it's such a well-oiled crew you know they've been doing this for years mm-hmm. um and a few of them came up to me and they're like, how old are you then? And I was like, at, I was 23. And they're like, wow, really? And they were just like, oh, you're doing such a good job. And I was like close to tears. I was like, you really mean that? Like, no. That's amazing. It like, but it's true. Yeah. And Kat, you're, you're scripting, uh, like, that's three different shows, right? It was a crossover between yeah. three different shows? It was a crossover, yeah. Yeah, that's, yeah, That's a lot to keep up with. Three <laughs> different continuities all at once. Yeah, it was, it was. It was a lot. And then um, there was a couple times where they had to shoot some, like, last-minute B-roll um, and it was on like a completely like on like the scenes that like weren't scheduled, so I had to like go back and like reread the script again. And they're like, "Hey, for like this scene was like, did you see blood on the floor or whatever?" Um, and I was like, "I have no idea what they're talking about. Like, what scene? Like, I I wasn't here for that. I wasn't prepared yeah. for that. So it was a lot of sweating. It was yeah. a lot of you know trying to just like get it done. But you know, surprisingly, no complaints. I think. Um, yeah. Oh. That's but amazing. Yeah, amazing cat. Thank you. Oh, a lot of last minute things came up that I definitely was not prepared for that I thought I was. Mm-hmm. That's the thing. You always think you're prepared, but like things come up and like you're not always prepared. Yeah. So, How do you yeah. deal with that? Do you like, what if you like don't capture or like don't have something? Like what do you do to kind of work with that situation? Hmm. Like, is there a playback moment or is it like one of those? Like, or do you just improvise? Yeah. How is um, that? It's a hard question because it's like basically if you don't have it, it's kind of like one of the things where, well, no one does. (laughs) So we're all kind of is what I'm what I learn as a scripty. It's like you kind of have to have what you have. (laughs) Yeah, that's yeah. I feel like that's a good answer for it. You know, you have what you have. um, You do your best because again, you know, you're not perfect, and the job of a script supervisor is like five jobs in one um and I think that's one of the biggest things I've learned is that sometimes being like your own department you expect so much from yourself Mm. because everyone expects a lot from you but at the same time you're too hard on yourself sometimes so if there's a moment where like you don't have something you know I for one like want to just like sit in a corner and cry and beat myself up but it's like no you really don't have time for that like literally like you don't have time for that (laughs) um so you just work with what you got, you know, you see if you have it in your notes, see if you have it on your phone. Um, honestly, like reach out to other departments, like maybe like they have it, you know, because mm. at the end of the day, you mm. are a team. 
and yeah. um i've been lucky to have like great like department heads with wardrobe hair makeup props you know sometimes they have it and i don't you know um that's true at the end of the day you're like you know you're only human so right yeah. I yeah. kind of always forget that, like, being a scripty, like, you are your own department. But it's also yeah. nice to hear that you also rely on wardrobe or, you know, other people yeah. who like, could potentially have those missing things that you need. Yeah, because, like, they're focused, because, like, hair is focusing on hair. And, like, if I mm -hmm. forget, like, oh, I don't know if um, hair was over her left shoulder because I was too busy paying attention to the blood stains or, like, props, you know. There's a million other things I'm focusing on. Yeah. But it's great that, you know, we have departments for a reason. So they focus on all their own things, too. That's awesome. And it seems like, I mean, I've always thought that uh, in Chicago, the film industry or the television industry was very small and people knew each other. And it seems that, like... Mm -hmm. Chicago PD and Chicago Fire, like everybody has been like kind of working on those shows for a very long time already. Mm. Um, so is that how you kind of started finding your job opportunities? Like, was it just like networking with those people or how did it start? Yeah, it was networking with those people for sure. Um, I reached out to, well, for me, um, besides, besides, you know, Kara being a great resource, um, I actually reached out to Mary Tallman, the script supervisor on Chicago Med. Um, mm -hmm. And she, we actually ended up having like, um, like a mutual friend, which was super cool. And I reached out to her. I said, hey, like, can you grab coffee sometime? You know, I'd like, like, it's love to buy you lunch. Just pick at your brain. And she was so welcoming and Aww. just answered all my questions about like union stuff, about TV stuff, what I need to do. And basically, you know, she said, you just need to be a squeaky wheel. You just need to just email like all these people and she gave me all these like scripties emails like we're in the union and I basically you know emailed all of them saying like hey like I'm still on the permit at the time I was still on the permit mm -hmm. list um if you need any like second unit whatever kind of just like saying you know I'm here and like I'm trying to get into the union type thing um and that's actually how I got to work on Shameless uh wow. which is really fun that's amazing um, awesome yeah, the scripty on there, he um, had surgery at the time. And he said, hey, you know, um, this isn't like a typical role, but I just really need help with, um, you know, the heavy lifting of my equipment because they had all their stuff in like a Pelican case. Hmm. A bunch of heavy stuff, like a stand, their laptop, all their digital equipment. They're like, would you like to help me for a week? And I was like, of course I would. <laughs> of course I want to help you on Shameless. Um, that was your way in, huh? <laughs> Yeah. Yes. Um, but yeah, so just emailing those people just saying, hey, I'm here is that's pretty much how I did it. Um, and I got really lucky. Yeah, that's so awesome. Especially yeah. in Chicago, I feel like everyone's has such a tight knit, like, I don't know, there's a very centralized, like film community there. Uh, I feel like yeah. if you are in a really specific you know, um, role in film. It's like, well, you know, we got like maybe a handful of people who all know each other pretty well. Um, although it still can be hard out there in Chicago. Um, yes. Yeah. Pros sure. and cons for sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, actually going into union work, you're in the union now. Yes. Um, I got into the union because I worked on a feature, which was like tier zero, like the budget was very low, but wow. it still like was enough to be considered union. Um, and I got the call like last minute saying, okay, like we need a script supervisor. Um, and I obviously said yes. And so it was, they filmed, I think for like a month or two in Chicago. And then the next month they flew some of us out to LA to finish it out, to finish okay. it. Right. Um, so yeah, that that was what got me enough days <laughs> to get into the union. That's amazing. Um, yeah. For somebody who is aspiring to be a scripty, is that mm -hmm. sort of the ways that they can join the union, or is there like a more like standard way that you have to go about it? I think my my way of getting in was the standard way. I could be wrong, uh -huh. um, but from my understanding and the people that I talked to, um, you want to get on the permit list first. Um, mm. And then once you get on the permit list, so basically the permit list is, let's say they need a scriptee for a commercial, for a union commercial, but all the scripties, all the union scripties are booked. I'm booked, Mary's booked, everyone's booked. So then they would go to the permit list mm. and say like, okay, like who's available? So it's kind of like the backup. Okay. Um, yeah. So, so how do you get on that list? list? You 
what happened with me was well, I got lucky with Mary. Um, Mary mm. um, was nice enough to help me out and she sent me the link to like apply to like be on the oh, permit oh. list. Yeah. Mm. And then you have to I say see. like, oh, like who are your references? And then Mary mm. let me put her down, right. um, which okay. was great. And then so, yeah, you got on the permit list there. And then every week you have to like update your availability. Yeah. So I'm like, what days you can work or if it can work the whole week, you put that you can work the whole week. Um, so you on the permit list through that, and then your days um, are counted, like on how many union right. date, uh, how many union projects you work on. And the thing is, I think now, like you don't, it doesn't have to be with the position you're aiming for. Like as long as you've worked oh. with union shows for thirty, I believe it's thirty days. Don't quote me on that. Um, if you work on union shows for like thirty days, then you're good. Like I could have worked thirty days in art department and I'm mm-hmm. in the union and then I could work as scripty you can work as whatever job oh, you want in the union. is that oh. only in Chicago so that's like local 476 that's 476 I don't know how it is with the other union Interesting. yeah um, but yeah it was yeah it was definitely a process and like lots of like ins and outs to understand yeah. um it was kind of confusing at first for me honestly but then um so like once like you hit your 30 days you'll get an offer letter um saying um you know you've had enough days would you like to be a journeyman and then um once you get that letter they'll also say like oh these are the two orientation days you need to go to then you go there and i forgot it was long a couple long days to like learn just like safety stuff um Mm -hmm. and then like um like union dues just like all the information you need to know if you're going to be part of the union and then mm-hmm. you pay your dues and then take your oath and then you're in the union so the dues that always is yeah. what dupes me because i can never get past that part because as an ad it's going to take me like many years to get into the union so that mm-hmm. part the dues part i haven't even like really looked into like how do you how yeah. much like how do you even like what how yeah. <laughs> so the fir- the initial dues I believe they were like, when I was doing my orientation, it was, it was like 1,600 something. Mm-hmm. Um, so like I just sort of check, I had money saved up, thank God. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you give them that check and then they, they mail you your union card um, and then you're officially in. And then it goes to every quarter of the year, um, which I don't know exactly how they broke that up, but um, they'll send you a letter uh, with your dues. And I think last time I had to pay like maybe like 200 bucks, um, okay. something yeah. like that. Yeah, it, inc- it includes like your card, your card dues, um, <laughs> which was like $60. And there's just like a bunch of other stuff, like adult stuff that I don't understand yet. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, because they also, because of COVID, they stopped like charging people for like their certain um, things that makes yeah, sense for the dues and stuff yeah the That's quarterly nice. dues, which is good. yeah at least i haven't gotten it in a while but like <laughs> i have a feeling they, they stopped it because i would have gotten something by now well i um, think because the union had stopped probably right they had yeah, like yeah. made everyone not work anyway so what are yeah, they going to do charge you for not working exactly exactly yeah. that's the last thing we need <laughs> yeah so what is it to work on a non-union versus union shoot? Ooh, like, this is a good question. Uh, <laughs> um, very different because union shows have money. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes, they have, network TV has a lot of money. Yeah. Um, and it's very cushy, very like, maybe makes the job easier. Um, but also when you're on a union show, for me at least, I feel just a little bit more pressure because yeah. you know, everyone super f- professional has been doing this for probably longer than I've been alive. Um, yeah. So there's that. And, you know, you have network executives there. So it's cushier because a lot more money, but also like the stakes are higher because mm-hmm. network TV. Um, that being said, non-union, there's a lot of different ways it can go. Again, it unfortunately depends on how much money they have, on like how like easy your set's gonna be, I guess. I mean, actually, that's not the case all the time. You know, it's, it's like it's experience, depends. maybe. Yeah, it's, oh, yeah, that's that's what it is. You get it, Maggie. Um, because with money, experience kind of go hand in hand sometimes. <laughs> touche. You're not wrong. Um, yeah. So with some non-union stuff, I have worked with people specifically directors who are very green Mm. and don't know what they're doing and then 
they hate that they have someone telling them what they can and can't do, specifically script supervisors. Mm-hmm. Um, I've definitely have, met, have had my hands full of directors who throw a fit when I tell them that, oh, you actually can't shoot that like that because mm-hmm. it's not going to cut together. Mm-hmm. And then you have to explain to them. And it's a, it's a whole power thing. But yeah. also I've worked on union shows where actually I had a very green director also and had to explain to him you know, my role that I'm trying to help him not make his job harder. Um, But, you know, a lot of the non-union things I've worked on, um, I've met so many great people, you know, some, you know, sometimes the days are easier. It depends. It really depends. Um, I specifically remember a web series that I worked on that was non-union and the crew was great, but they like asked me they just asked for a lot more than what one my job entailed two what they were paying me um uh. so yeah it was one of those um they uh, since it was a web series there were 13 scripts that i was working with um and the director would obviously make changes which is fine but he wouldn't do like our colored draft he wouldn't do drafts so he would just mm. say okay here's Here's the updated script. Oh, Thirteen man. different scripts. I don't know what he changed. Oh so no. So I'm like, dude, you can't do that to me. Yes. But then, oh, so yeah. And then on top of that, um, because I, for some reason, because I was formatting it into final draft, the the final draft program for scripts, the crew wanted me to send it to them for for sides the next day. So the side, if the sides were incorrect, it was on me. What? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's not cool. That's not yeah, cool. Yeah, it was, it was a lot. So 13 scripts, um, the changes weren't really, there wasn't even like an asterisk or anything, like nothing was marked. And then plus production was depending on me for sides. So that is kind of. I can't believe they were depending on you for sides. What? Oh, <laughs> yeah. It was, that's a yeah, huge it was job. A it, it's a, such a big job. It's and huge. I was like. And at the time, like, I kind of had to second guess myself. I was like, is this, should I expect this to be part of my job? Mm, and then yeah. whenever I would tell people, they're like, no. Like, no. that's not your job at all. Oh, <laughs> nope. no. Yeah. So, you know, again, it depends on the people. Some really expect a lot out of you. Um, but also at the time, I didn't really have the confidence to put mm. my foot down and be like, no, this isn't my job because, at the time, I was like, I just want all of you to like me. I'm a people pleaser. And <laughs> yeah. I didn't want to, like, rub anyone the wrong way. But looking back now, man. Yeah. So some people definitely expect, like, way too much from you. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. When you're on set and you're dealing with those kind of people, like, who do you communicate with the most? I would say, for me, most of the time, it's been my AD. Script supervisors will give you a different answer, but for me, I have some comfort in my ADs because nine times out of ten, they understand and respect you and what your job is. You know, every AD I've worked with is pretty experienced, experienced enough to know, um, you know, what I need to do in order to get my job done. Um, so luckily, I've had great ADs that help me with that um, and to prepare just read your script a lot. Yeah. <laughs> just read your script as much as you can. Um, and I've learned that there's no such thing as a dumb question. Because mm-hmm. um, I get really self-conscious where it's like, oh, I don't want to look like I don't know what I'm doing. But at the end of the day, I learned, like, if you're unsure about something in your script or if you're unsure that you and the director, um, you know, are on the same page with things, like, just ask. Just like, hey, like, I just wanted to double check, you know, that we um, are covering this instead of this, or that, like, if we're seeing this, um, that we're not going to see, like, X, Y, and Z later, you know? Mm -hmm. And it's a lot of, script supervising is a lot of trying to think ahead. Mm -hmm. I feel like a I feel like a genie sort of sometimes like having to like know, (laughs) like, what's going to happen next, or like trying to think ahead of the game, but yeah, it's a hard job. It's a very hard job, but <laughs> I think it's why ADs and scripties get along because you're both trying yeah. to think ahead uh, enough yeah. so that you know you don't have to have your director freak out. <laughs> like, please yeah. let's save this. Let's save this scene really fast. 
Um, no, yeah. that's great. It's great to hear that you're getting really good ADs who respect you and love you because mm -hmm. uh, that's what I hope I put out when I AD and stuff. So that's really cool. Yeah. yeah. I've had um, on a feature a uh, very green director at one point we had to, I forgot what we were shooting. Oh, it was like a bar scene. And I explained to him that, okay, so if you're having the two guys leave at the end of the scene it doesn't make sense because in the next scene you see guy number one talking to his girlfriend in the bar again so like how does he mm -hmm. magically walk out and come back in and then like i'll pull them aside to tell him that and then automatically he goes everyone chat just save this scene and i was like oh i just i didn't want to make it that big of a deal i just want to let you know that we have to change some blocking that's all oh, <laughs> but, I... I mean, thank you <laughs> <laughs> That's so fabulous. Um, yeah, I was like, I mean, I'm glad I saved it, but yes. Wow. So that's why <laughs> scripties are superheroes, for sure. And they're necessary. Yes. <laughs> so are. necessary. <laughs> yeah, man. This is why we have this podcast, so we can talk about our jobs. Yeah. All those stories, all those good stories. <laughs> yeah, actually, like, our next question is, what is your yeah. favorite part of your job? Oh, gosh. Oh man, that's such a hard part question. of my job. <laughs> that's such a big question, you guys. Um, <laughs> I think my favorite part is that I personally am part of something that is bigger than myself. Um, and I don't know how cheesy that sounds. I'm sorry if that sounds no, very cheesy. No, that's what I <laughs> No, I, I totally get it. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Um, but it's such, I'm sure you, both of you can relate, like, you know, regardless of what role you are on set, like you're part of something so much bigger. Everyone's working towards the same end goal. And as scary as it was in the beginning for me to like have such a big job with such big responsibilities, you know, at the end of the day, I feel really accomplished. I'm exhausted, but my heart is really full and happy that like, you know, it's like, hey, I can do this job that like not everyone can do. Yeah. Um, you can do it well. <laughs> Thank you. Um, and, you know, like I told you guys at the beginning, you know, it was a job that I, that I didn't see coming. No one in my family saw it coming, for sure. Mm. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's really rewarding. So I love being part of something bigger that's definitely a team up. Yes, Queen. That's awesome. That's such a good one. Um, so let's talk about just, like, current cat, because yeah. you're doing lots of things. Um, you interned for Filmscape Chicago. So Filmscape Chicago, um, for our listeners who don't know, it's a it's on its third annual um, year and it's a trade show expo um, that basically, you know, every year we show, you know, new equipment, um, basically anything that you can use like on set, you know, new lights, new cameras, um, new gear, and just kind of showcasing that and making um, it available to basically everyone, you know, whether you're a student, whether you're um, experienced in the field, um, and there's classes that you can take to learn more about like, cameras, makeup, post-production, everything. Um, so I'm still their intern currently. Um, uh, I got in touch with my current boss, Lane Marie, um, and she's their marketing director. Um, and she posted something about like needing an, an intern. And I was like, hey, like, here's my portfolio. This is what I've done. Um, if you want, like, help with social media, like, I would love to. And then I got the job, and it's been so rewarding because I'm learning more about, you know, the, like, different um, departments of film that, like, I don't work with, like, mm -hmm. things about, like, camera, things about gear and lighting. Um, and it's fun to be able to write about that and promote that on their Instagram and Facebook. Um, and I love that it's, like, a free resource for people, like, regardless of, you know, where you are at in, your, like, your career. Um, yeah, it's been really fun. I'm, I really like getting back into it. Lane Marie, she is the marketing director for Filmscape. Yeah, Legacy Marie Pictures is her production company that cool. she just launched. So it's a brand new baby. Um, oh, and cool. She is a director, producer from Chicago, moving to LA soon. Um, so basically, um, she said, you know, I need an extra hand with like marketing and stuff. And all, like, I've already been working with you on Filmscape and we work together very well. We communicate well. Um, so she's like, you know, would you like to help me with that? And obviously I said yes, because anything film I would love to do. Um, so I've been helping her, you know, get the word out about 
her new production company and especially with her moving to LA, like it's a lot. Um, so what I've been doing for Filmscape and what I've been doing for Legacy Marie, they both kind of go hand in hand because it's a lot of just marketing, promoting. Yeah. Um, and I get to write, which I love to do. So that's awesome. That must, and that must be awesome also. Like, I don't know, like, are you getting work through COVID like during this time for that? Because that, that seems like stuff you could be doing like at home too. So it must be nice to have another job um, besides yeah. like scripting. Yeah, it is. It's, it's great to have another job besides scripting um, because I'm not getting any script work right now, which yeah. now a lot of people can say, and it's a bummer. Um, but yeah, no, I love being able to do something that's still related to film, but like that's not up to my ears in scripty work, you know, because <laughs> as much yeah. as I love scripty work, you know, everyone needs a break. Um, but going off of that, I actually got COVID. No, um, oh, are I you okay? Did. I'm, I'm good. I'm all good, guys. Um, I was lucky to be asymptomatic. Um, and the reason I bring this up is because I, there was a small project that I was supposed to work on. And then obviously, you know, SAG was like, hey, everyone needs to get tested before you work this. So I'm like, all right, cool. Um, so we got the good old nose swab. And then, you know, I didn't have symptoms then, didn't have, don't have symptoms now. So then everyone was joking the whole time. You're like, you know, if one of us gets it, like we can replace this person, this person, they're like, and then everyone paused. They're like, well, if Kat gets COVID, that might be a tough one to, you know, <laughs> replace. And I was like, haha, no, it's not going to happen. And then we got the results back like maybe like two nights before shooting and then I was like oh my god I'm positive and wow that's yeah, a lot we, to deal with yeah yeah it was a lot and at the time you know Lane Marie was producing this um so I was staying at her house at the time so like when I got positive we looked at each other and we're like oh no and then oh, we just like, moved apart from each other like put masks on inside the house and the next day my parents came and picked me up it was it was a lot um wow. that yeah that night um yeah. <laughs> when we found out we called um our director um Lane Marie called her director and the second she picks up she goes all right who has COVID shut up oh, <laughs> that is crazy yeah. yeah and we're like um it's your script supervisor I'm sorry um oh yeah it was it was a bummer but you know that luckily they found someone who um uh, covered for me and he was super nice and he's currently a student at Columbia I think oh um wow. yeah so he like was sending me pictures of his notes he's like does this look good like am I doing okay and I'm like you're doing a great oh. job dude like I'm glad the crew has you so um yeah and he was super nice and I'm glad the crew found that found him and then wow. um my director was nice enough. She was like, can I just give you half of like the whole paycheck that I was going to give you? And I was like, I didn't even work a day though, like shooting. Aww. She's like, yeah, but like you did the breakdowns, you know, you did the timing, you did everything. So I'm going to give you half. And I was like, okay. Oh, that's that's amazing. Yeah, she was an angel. Um, and uh, the crew from what I've seen, you know, did a killer job. Um, I'm sad that I wasn't there for it, but you know, I'm glad that I was able to isolate myself when I found definitely. out what happened. Yeah. 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 Well, we're definitely going to talk about COVID and in the industry later, but I'm happy to yeah. hear that you're okay. Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate it. So what is the, what is your dream for the future? Like what, have you set Ooh. any goals or oh. like, what does that look like? You know, the big, the big dream would be to get contracted with a new show and be able to work with them from mm. like start to finish. Mm. That's the big thing. Um, current goals right now uh to just get back to working <laughs> i yeah. think um and you know getting used to the new normal um no that's a really good answer and i think before we get into covid and what's yeah. going on um just what uh any kind of mistake you've made or mistakes you made and learned from and what you would tell a rookie um <laughs> my example is always like you know don't leave your walkie on loud like don't make sure you're not on two all the time but like for a scripty like what <laughs> do you leave your walkie like I leave my walkie on two all the time and I'm like where is everyone <laughs> and I'm like on two <laughs> oh, it's embarrassing it's okay it's okay um oh <laughs> man I've made so many mistakes it because I have had commercial um gigs where it's 
like maybe like a two day shoot, maybe even one. And it's like super easy, super quick. And like, you think it's going to be a walk in the park. And then you kind of just, when you think it's a walk in the park, you're a little too relaxed. That's mm-hmm. what, that's what happens to me at least. And there was one, it was a commercial shoot um, for Dunkin' Donuts. And um, it was kind of like the transition into like fall, you know, with the pumpkin flavored things or whatever. So there was kind of technically two seasons we were working with, um, which means two different um, like sets of design for like the coffee shop. And Mm -hmm. on one of them, we were like interviewing the guy and we realized the poster behind him wasn't the season it was supposed to be. Like it wasn't the fall season. It was still the Mm -hmm. original one. Um, and we were a good amount of takes in until um, I realized it. And I was sitting there just sweating, realizing oh the God. mistake I made. And I was like, oh, my gosh, do I tell the director? Do I tell the AD? Who do I tell? And then they cut. And then, you know, I in in situations like that, you just got to own up to it. You just got yeah. And this is what I said. I was like, hey, guys, so, like, I am really sorry about this, but I just realized that the poster behind him is not the correct one. Can we have art switch it out? Um, and yeah. there was a lot of tension in the room, but, yeah, you yeah. know, at, it was, it was an honest mistake. And, you know, at the end of the day, I went to, to the director and I was like, Hey, look, I'm really sorry. I missed that. And he, you know, was understanding. He's like, no, I know what happens. I missed it too. So it's, it's yeah. okay. Yeah. But I was still sweating so much. I'm sweating now. Thinking. <laughs> uh, I can only imagine what that felt like. Yeah. But they want a calm and cool and collected person. They don't want someone being like, I'm so sorry. Which and is I want to be like that. Be a That's how I am yeah. inside. Yeah. yeah. I stopped scripting because I was like, I can't save you from my own, <laughs> my own mistakes. I'm so sorry. Oh. Um, yeah. So you, you just got to yeah. own up to it. Speaking um, up. And just. Yeah, speak up, you know, because like you're only human, and then you can cry about it when you go home. Eat your ice cream, drink your wine, then you'll cry. <laughs> I know. Kara used to tell, tell us like, cry in the bathroom and then get back out there. <laughs> Do I've done thing. that so many times. I've done that so <laughs> many times on set. I just cry <sighs> in the bathroom, you know. My eyes are like bloodshot, but you know we're just gonna keep going. Yeah. Oh, but man. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, just Ricky's. You're not perfect. Don't expect yourself to be perfect. You're always mm. learning. Um, don't be too hard on yourself because I've done that way too many times. So yeah, it's not worth <laughs> it. Very good advice. Definitely not. Definitely hmm. not worth it. Okay, so we are going to switch over to our COVID talk and our um, um, just as a conversation as the three of us on COVID nineteen and anti racism. Uh, we also like to bring up the tragedy that just happened in Beirut, Lebanon, and the protests going on there as well. Um, so we'll just start off with, uh, we've been experiencing a lot in 2020. Um, yeah. That's, you know, really uh, a lot of it is COVID-19 um, and how the movement is going to be cr- like affecting our careers. So like, what do we think set is going to look like? Have we seen any COVID sets? Has anyone yeah. of our friends been on COVID sets? Yeah, I don't know anybody who's been on set and I ha- personally haven't been on set. All I have been just doing to keep myself updated was like reading like these articles online and all that Mm -hmm. I'm seeing is that productions who are shooting like music videos or commercials are having a better time than the bigger productions who have to shoot like for weeks so I mean that's what I've been seeing I've also been seeing like like the guidelines and you know there are people who are following them there are people who are not and so I don't know Mm -hmm. I just feel like it's people are still trying to get used to working. Well, Kat, you were going to be on the show that was going to be during COVID. Did they have any protocol that they had to have or anything? um, But there was a lot of zones that like you Mm. can be in like zone A, which was kind of, which was like close to sad by video village and then zone B, C and so on. Mm. Um, And I know from what I heard, excuse me, what I heard before I had to leave um, was <laughs> that the only people at Video Village, um, instead of Vanities, it would have to be director. It was going to be director and me, essentially. So then it was going to be director and AD, who was there at Video Village. And I mm-hmm. believe our DP was up in some, sometimes. I could okay. be wrong. I don't remember 100%. But, like a limited um, crew, basically. Yes, very limited crew. Um don't obviously don't bring extra people on set some people love to do that um so yeah vanities had their own um kind of video village type thing Mm -hmm. and then we all had to wear face shields along with masks um wow yeah yes 
a lot of hand sanitizer going on. Ooh, and then Crafty was a different story too. Was everything like packaged? Time. Yep, everything had to be like individually packed. Um, from what I heard from what they were um, like buying at Costco and stuff, like, because everyone is, they would ask everyone, like, oh, like, what do you want? But it has to be like individually wrapped. So it can't be like a vegetable tray or like right. um, cut up fruit. Like it had to be like maybe like a banana or an orange, like things that were individualized. Yes. Uh, fruit right. snacks, definitely. Um, so it's little things like that. Um, I wanted to know kind of like how we're going to move forward in Hollywood with both COVID kind of changing our regulations around like how much time we shoot and like what we eat while we shoot. And then we have the movement as well. Mm-hmm. It's like the Black Lives Matter movement and getting more people involved and getting us to, you know, bring in the global majority and like make sure that we are representing uh, both on and offset. And like, I just kind of wanted to talk about like how, all of that's going to change our industry too. Um, and I wonder like what Hollywood's going to put in place and like, has anyone heard anything? Well, I was doing some research of like what have production companies done to like include people who are of color and BIPOC people as well. Um, and I recently came across an article with Michael B. Jordan and Color of Change who have sort of made a kind of a roadmap to inclusion. So a couple of things I wrote down here was from that list was uh, to for Hollywood to invest in anti-racist content and authentic black stories, um, represent the reality of the criminal justice of uh, the system. So I think like when we see cops now, are they going to be portrayed the way that we see them in the media at the moment? Mm-hmm. And then uh, increase of number of uh, black people in leadership. And so we're talking about like board members in those organizations or executives mm-hmm. and you know, the higher ups. And so they sort of laid that map on the ground for other, exec- uh, for other productions, executives to read that and kind of go off on that. But that's just what I've been seeing. Yeah, cause like I know it'll change the way I look at stories when I take jobs now. Um, because mm-hmm. I'm not going to do stories that are, like, toxic to any community. I mean, I feel like I wouldn't do that anyway uh, beforehand. Right. But at yeah. the same time, there are, like, just microaggressions now where I can't just sit there and, like, deal with that anymore. Um, and as a scripty, like, I'm sure there are some things oh, in yeah. scripts that, like, you're like, ooh, that doesn't yeah. really work <laughs> very yeah, well. Yeah, it's... Um... It's funny because before, it was a while ago, like before I graduated, I got asked to work on this project and it really involved the topic of race. Mm. And, you know, growing up um, as Filipino, um, there's a thing about Asian Americans where they're like, oh, like we're not racist. But then when it comes to things like Black Lives Matter, like they're so quiet about it. They're more, they're more on the lines of like, oh, like, well, it's not affecting me personally. So like, I'm not going to say anything about it, which is totally not the way it should be going about. But um, anyway, in my household, you know, I remember being little and I was watching the History Channel with my dad or something. And he just looks at me and he goes, you know, never treat anyone differently because of their skin color. You know, we're all the same at the end of the day. That's the last thing you should ever be judging someone off of. And I grew up thinking that everyone had that mindset. Mm-hmm. You know, like you're little, you're like, oh, like my parents know everything. They're correct. And like, that's how the whole world is. But sadly, it's not. And now like looking at projects, I mean, I've always been like this kind of like whenever it comes to the topic of race or, um, you know, stuff like that, it's, it's a very sensitive topic for me. And I had to read that script over a good amount of times before I could for sure be like, yes, I want to be locked down in this project. Um, and like, I had to talk to the director a lot about like, you know, like what inspired you for this script, you know, and like kind of asking them, not being like, why did you write this scene like this? Or like, why do you have these people talking like this? Um, but kind of just not trying to stir the pot, I guess, but just yeah. trying to genuinely see like where they're coming from as a director. Right. Um, yeah, so stuff like that definitely goes into like, you know, do I want to take this job or not? Mm-hmm. Um, like how you were saying earlier, Maggie. Yeah, because it's a complicated thing. I mean, like now we've come to the point where we can't like treat everyone the same. In fact, we have to have like reparations for 
these people that like, you know, have suffered under white supremacy, right, white supremacy for so long. It's like now we actually do need to put in the work, like the mindfulness work of saying, is this good enough mm -hmm. uh, for me to join on? Or is it just, you know, appropriating <laughs> and, yeah. you know, white men trying to make black stories? And mm -hmm. I would just hope that people are more, like you said, more mindful of like the art that they put out there, whether it be TV, film, podcasts, anything. Right. Um, there's a lot going on in the world, but I just, you know, I can only hope that people are more mindful and actually like, taking the steps to, mm -hmm. you know, progress instead of, you know, just posting on Instagram that Black Lives Matter. Like, right. you got to be active, I feel like. Yeah. Instead yeah, of, like, following the trend and actually doing yeah. the work. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah. sure. that fine line is, like, the difference between directing a film, you know, that's about like this appropriating culture and then like actually funding one mm -hmm. that is you know made by like you know BIPOC people which and is much better. <laughs> yeah and honestly it sucks because like I found myself on a set where it was just a horrible concept <laughs> and it had it involved it involved slaves and it was just I didn't find out until middle of the project and so it's like I'm already on this project like I wanted to leave, but I'm like, we production sent us like four hours away in the desert to shoot this. God, that's so, awful. I'm like, how can oh, I? How like, do you leave? Yeah. How do I like do, yeah. leave? I, how do I protest this? <laughs> like I have no way home. <laughs> yeah. So it we definitely find ourselves in like the most awkward, cringiest, like but I mean um, that's like why we we talk about this just so like, you know, hopefully in the future we could have a conversation with this, like with our, you know, crew members and stuff like mm -hmm. that. It won't be as awkward and we can make the right decisions and, you know, so that people who watch what we're putting out in the screen is an accurate representation of yeah. you know, that minority group or whatever the case is. Heck yes. Yeah. Um, I agree. So, yeah, going into that, let's talk about, um, Nate, do you want to talk about how we can help or did you have any other questions about? I mean, obviously, like, we still need um, justice for Breonna Taylor. Um, mm -hmm. And again, you mentioned that there was an explosion in Baru, and I was doing some research on it. Again, for like people who don't know what happened, there was a highly explosive material stored in a warehouse for about six years. Um, and that material was ammonium nitrate, and it was stored unsafely. And these are things that are used to make explosives, um, fertilizers, antibiotics. So it wasn't really a good combination. Um, and so it exploded, um, and a lot of people were affected by it. There was like, uh, what was it, 70 people killed, 2,700 injured. Um, yeah, it, it was, was just... one-fifth of an atomic bomb, so that's a pretty big impact. I mean, like, if you haven't seen the video now, it's, it's crazy. Scary. Uh, yeah. We have a ton of links in our uh, linked tree in our podcast uh, description in our uh, Instagram and as well as the description of the pod uh, yeah. for that as well. And, and I, I do want to say the, the uh, Lebanese uh, food bank is a really important donation uh, to donate because um, where the, explos uh, the explosion happened, that's where was the, what was it, the dock for the, it was like the main point of the distributing for food for the country. Yeah, because they're in COVID right now. Oh my God, I yeah. didn't know that. Yeah. Wait, so, so how do they, so what happened? Like, they're just like short of like everything now or like? Shortage of food, definitely. I mean. Oh wow. And, yeah. and they're protesting. So they're getting they're tear gas thrown at them. They're getting shot at with stuff. It's, uh, it's and really like bad. they're protesting their own government for killing them, which is, so uh, we we have a lot of links in our link tree. I didn't know if you had anything, Kat, that you wanted to add um, yeah, or anything I mean, you wanted to talk about. And it also could be like, you know, we're obviously in quarantine. Like it could be like mental health stuff. Like I mm -hmm. meditate in the morning. That's been so helpful waking up, you know, going journaling. Meditation. That's my journaling. thing. Like if you have any like helpful tips and like that, that you've been doing, like, please mm -hmm. feel free to share. Yeah, because we're in a pandemic. That's another. We <laughs> are. We really are. Um, you know, I'm glad you brought that up because um, I talk about this a lot with my therapist and I am one who, if I'm like in a very large crowd and you like protest or anything, I get more anxiety. I mm -hmm. don't, and you know, I'm one who doesn't get, I don't feel like I'm progressing. Or like, I feel like I'm not helping like when I do protest. And I told her, you know, I feel really guilty about that. I feel mm -hmm. like I'm not being as active as 
my other friends. And, you know, she put it in perspective. She goes, Kat, when there's a play, does everyone play the main role? Does everyone mm. play Romeo and Juliet? And I said, no. She goes, you know, would it be different without the supporting characters? And I said, yes. So when she said that, it made me realize, like, you know, whether you're protesting, oh. whether you're talking about it online, whether you're posting stuff on Instagram, you know, every, whatever is helping, whatever you think helps, you know, you do that. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's why I've been like trying to stay mindful about, you know, trying to not compare to myself to others of like who are protesting. Um, and I think kind of just, you know, educating yourself. I've been reading a lot of articles and just trying to like, you know, not scare myself, but also, you know, just like be aware of the realities of what's happening mm-hmm. in the world. Um, and, you know, I think with all of us being in a pandemic, like you guys said, you know, journal, meditate, I do both of those things. So I'm glad you yeah. guys do too. <laughs> um, and, you know, lots of self-care. It's, um, it's a weird time. And I've talked about this with my girlfriends a lot, where it's just, you know, everything that you're saying that you should be doing or that you're expecting of yourself, those are shoulds and expectations that are with a pre-COVID society. And that mm-hmm. society, unfortunately, is no longer. Mm-hmm. Um, right. But wow. with that in mind, it's a lot of, all of us are adapting and there's a lot of like adjustments that we have to make lifestyle wise, mindfulness wise. So taking care of yourself is very important. Um, like what you guys, that's why I'm glad you guys brought it up. Um, yeah. I feel like we're not talking about that enough, you know, cause we're not. there's yeah. a lot, there's a lot going on in the world right now. And it's, there's a lot of guilt. About yeah. yeah. yeah I, guilt. I yes. totally, I can attest to that. Like sometimes I feel guilty because I see people doing like, you know, like the people on the front lines who are like at the protest, but they're like the people in the front, like yelling at the police. And you're yeah. like, wow, like that, they're doing so much. But then, mm-hmm. you know, I think you are doing what you could because we are in a pandemic as well. And you have, there's so many layers on top of what we're going on. And I think yeah, if you can at least sign a petition or just like learn about it is, you know, good, is, you know, good enough for you. Someone's exactly. got to be signing the petitions. Someone mm-hmm. has to be at home doing like the yeah. reading yeah. and the learning. There's, there's like what you said in the play, there's certain roles for everybody. Mm-hmm. So exactly. I think what works best being for an, you. Yeah, being an active ally is getting over that guilt and continuing the hard work the way that you can. And I like, I really appreciate that you can openly speak about. Yeah. It's a lot like, you know, uh, 2020 is a lot. We have to take care oh of Oh my gosh. So we can like take <laughs> care of others. <clears throat> well, we're well, definitely happy to talk about that with you. Yeah. But, um, as for our plugins, Kat, like, do you yeah. want to share your Insta? Um, like, yeah. Do you have, like, anything you wanted to, like, shout out? A resume? Any kind of thing that's, like, out in the <laughs> <Yes>. internet? <laughs> I don't know. Um, well, for me, I mean, my Instagram is catray 25 so follow me on there. Um, we'll link it below. <laughs> thank you. Yes. But I think the bigger thing I want to promote is Filmscape Chicago because it is coming up. Um, registration is open. Again, it's free. Um, and when you go on their website, filmscapechicago.com, um, you'll be able to register and see like the whole like class list. They start on August 24th and then it goes through the 30th. And it's online. It's at home. It's free film education for you like it's coming to you you can do it in your pjs um you can do all you did with cereal like yeah and it's great especially for those people who don't really have those resources you know yeah um, that's awesome so yeah do that or like if you change your mind you know no commitment needed um so it's it's there for you so i really that's encourage awesome. people to take advantage of that yeah heck yes okay yeah. what a great plot um yeah, well thanks guys yeah, and then, you know, for us, we we just, we're on Spotify and Apple Music, uh, yes. and, or Apple Podcasts. Apple um, Podcasts, go follow our gonna, Instagram. Yeah, and I was going to go put us on Google, I believe we are now, but apparently oh, wow. the Google Music is it's ending. Down. Uh, it's ending in September, November or something, so uh, enjoy while you can. Oh. <laughs> um, oh, maybe no. they're bringing something new, I don't know, I just so recently saw is it for all that. Android users, like, who have... Like, cause I, I mean, don't know. I don't know what it, you can click on our link to our actual website and listen <laughs> through the internet. <laughs> but hopefully Google will provide for all the Android users. I don't know what they're going to do. Maybe they'll have their own podcast. Like interesting. Thing. 
I'm not okay. quite sure. Um, but yeah. we are on Spotify and Apple Music and yes. uh, on Instagram. Go like, give it five stars on Apple Music. Uh, yes. We always forget to ask that, but we are not good at promoting ourselves um, <laughs> at all. We always forget. Uh, but we really, we're just time. here to, yeah, we're just here to talk to our friends. So a yeah. lot of the time we're like, oh yeah, this is a podcast. <laughs> um, please go follow us. Uh, yeah. But yeah. Uh, thank you so much, Kat. Uh, yeah, that was super fun. Was great. And we love talking with you. Um, I'm, I haven't talked to you in so long, so it's good yeah. to hear from you. Yeah. Um, and it's thanks, good to guys. hear from a scripty as well. Heck yes. Oh, uh, thanks. I had so much fun. It was great. I know. Awesome. So um, thank you so much. And we will see you every, we'll see everyone next time. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Bye. Okay. Bye. <laughs> that was such a bad one, Nathan. <laughs>